This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. My name's Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. So it's, it's not telling anyone... Right, there we go. So it sounds like we're pretty much ready and rocking to roll and we should be okay. We've got two new segments this week. Uh, very last minute, obviously. Uh, I feel like we need to cheer some people up so they'll enjoy these kind of quizzy-like segments and the new jingle that goes along with the one at the end. The other one you two lads aren't even sure about because I literally made it up half an hour ago. I say I made it up. I've stolen it. I've stolen it off someone else's podcast. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you both and I'll tell all the listeners who have stolen it off a little bit later on in the podcast. But for now, Oh, lads, we're reunited, so let me uh, let me introduce the podcast there. Eh? Yeah. Oh. How's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode 95, and I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by the two men. That's right, his back. The two men I like to call the Cumbrian Brain Trust. I'm talking about, of course, Wills and Liam. Welcome back, boys. How are we doing? We good. Yeah, not, not too bad. bad. Not too yeah. bad. Looking, <laughs> looking forward to the new challenges on the podcast today. A couple of new yeah. segments for you uh, to look forward to. But before we crack on, before we dive in, gentlemen, Wills, welcome back, obviously. Hope you enjoyed you. yourself. At a, you were at a concert or something last week. We all hope you enjoyed yes. yourself. <laughs> But uh, we like to enjoy ourselves here on the Blue Army Podcast. What a segue! Here we go, boys! Because <laughs> at this time of the show, it's time for one thing and one thing only. It's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? He's trying to. It's the it's Blue the Army Blue Podcast Joke of the Week. lads, what do you call... Birds that stick together. I don't know. What do you call birds that stick together? And Liam shaking his head as well. Velcros. (laughs) 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 That was quite good. I feel like we're in our all right mood. I feel like that got away with it because we're in a good mood. We're all reunited. Uh, not, normally, you two would let that go to absolute whistleblowers, but no, you, you let me have it. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it. that bad a joke, so... <laughs> you've let me have it, haven't you? I feel like you've let me off this week, and I appreciate that. And lads, now, after we've got on with the joke of the week, it's time for the... Uh, it's your segment, boys. It's time for the League Two Roundup. What's happening here? What's happening there? It's the League Two Roundup. We're leaving with... Back on the League Two Roundup. What have you got for us, boys? Hey. <laughs> um, do you want me to start, Liam? Yeah, you can start. So, I mean, there's not been that much going on. Um, so, mostly going to focus on... Well, we're going to just have a little look through the uh, transfer window action in League Two. Okay. Um, you know, see uh, who's made some, you know, who's made some good moves, who's had a, you know, who's had a good window, who's not had such a good window. 
Um, and kind of like we said a few weeks ago, and this is all, all the action seems to be down the bottom of the table where clubs are fighting for survival. Um, some clubs have managed to get some money in from places, and a few of the clubs down there have made quite a lot of signings. Um, Colchester have brought in eight players, uh, oh. including Fiacra Kelleher from Bradford City. Uh, Matt Jay from Exeter, we mentioned he was their captain and have triggered a release clause to bring in him. Gillingham have brought in 10 players, including a couple of players from Crawley, George Lapsley from Mansfield, Ollie Hawkins also from Mansfield, and Timothy Dieng. They've also brought in Tristan Abrahams. Um, who... that. that was interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting move. <laughs> I mean, presumably not to start for them, considering the players they have brought in. But, just, you know, <laughs> I think it was on transfer deadline day, he just popped up as actually a loan from Eastleigh. So I'm not sure what that's about. Hartlepool What's have, going on? Yeah. Hartlepool have brought in 11 players. So wow. uh, Keith, uh, Keith Curl is, is going to do everything he can to keep them up. Um, they brought in Peter Hartley, a 34-year-old former Hartlepool player. I think he's actually, I think he might have had multiple spells with them. And he's been in India and sort of signed him from Jamshedpur. No, exactly. Like, yeah, so <laughs> so uh, we have to see how he does back in the UK. Um, we've also brought in a new goalkeeper who I started the last game. Um, we, I think we kind of like have discussed um Killip, uh, Ben Killip, the you know, the previous Hartlepool goalkeeper who had a bit of a nightmare at Brunton Park. Um and then, you know, some quieter quieter windows for some other clubs. Uh, Grimsby haven't really been doing much. Um Tramia haven't done a a huge amount. Um, you know, these uh, clubs that are bringing in low knees. Compared to some of the clubs here, actually, we haven't really done that much. Obviously, we brought in Joe Garner and then three loanees, but we feel like our, you know, we feel like our players have started, have started their time at Carlisle well. Um, Salford, a club that you'd expect to do a lot, they've only brought in four players, and of it course, like, I mean, it sounds like most of the things are going on at the bottom end of the table, like most of the heavy like lifting. Yeah, um, I mean, one signing up at the top end that does kind of stand out is Swindon bringing back Charlie Austin. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Player who is so good for them. And he has already scored since coming back. He's played a couple of games. Yeah. Gillingham, wasn't it? He scored against. Yeah. So, you know, they're kind of a big name, although I don't know how old he is now. He seems to have started his time back in league two well enough. Uh, Liam. Uh, I just wanted to touch on one specific transfer. Yeah. And that's Mansfield Town signed Davis Keeler Dunn from Burton Albion. Mm. Now, that was on deadline day, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he's a really, really good striker for this level, I think. It didn't quite work at Burton Albion in League One. He, he did start a few games up there. But he always had a really, really good spell at Oldham. A lot of top clubs were looking at him when he left Oldham. Yeah, his contract analysis because he was he was like, you know, when a team goes down and there's always that one player that you just know isn't going to stay with them. Like yeah. he, he's far too good to go go down with them. That was him, and he's gone to Mansfield. I think he could really help Mansfield push towards the top end of the table this season because they're not having the best uh, season in the world. I'm just going to look at where they are now. Uh, yeah. Are... yeah, they're six, so they're in the playoffs, they're in a decent position. But I think, look, they're only what, what eight points off the automatics. I think he's a really good player, and I think he could help them push on a little bit further this season. Obviously, I think it, it, might, it might be a little bit too ambitious to see them finish in the automatics, but they're in the playoffs already, and they've made a really good sign in there, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think he could really bolster their attack and he's going to do really well for them, I think, and really sort of solidify them in them playoff places, if not try and push a little bit higher. Yeah, um, I mean, they're one of those teams that have not quite 
managed to cement themselves in the in the promotion race in the way that we maybe hope that we have, but they've mm. just kind of like, you know, still, you know, still in and around it. And, you know, no doubt Mansfield, they've, you know, they've always spent a decent amount of money and I'm sure they'll expect to be in and about the, the top promotion. End, yeah. yeah. Cause they're always up there, aren't they? Like They're always sort of in the playoffs. Yeah. They just yeah. never, ever seem to go up. Like they're always sort of pushing <laughs> towards them automatics every single year and end up playing in the playoffs and end up getting beat in the first leg of the semi final. Uh, Bottle jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what they are. So I they're mean, that are kind they, of <laughs> Are they going to do much different this season? I mean, like, I probably agree with you. That I'm not sure that they have enough to get all that. I mean, yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to see if we ended up in the playoffs, that would be the team you'd like to see in the in, in you know, I mean, your first <laughs> oh, and that, second leg. That's going to come back to bite us so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't wait for the, that clip to be played in the five of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a stiff one. So, no, it sounds like, uh, you know, in the league, the league news for the roundup, gentlemen, just to round up very quickly, lots of transfer action at the bottom half of the table and Manfield, Mansfield are really trying to throw the weight around to uh, push on towards the top end of the table. Thank you very much for the League 2 Roundup, gentlemen, because we found out what was happening here. We found out oh, we've got what was as well. <laughs> it's the League 2 Roundup. Quick wheels of Beautiful, gentlemen. Thank you. Right, it's my turn to do a bit of news. And this week, gentlemen, Paul Simpson has been having a bit of an appeal uh, asking for wealthy local businessmen to potentially be able to provide some kind of land and some kind of site for a training facility. That's right, Simpson is pushing for better training facilities. He says it's what we need to get ourselves into the next level. And we're really thinking about that step between League One and the Championship. It's definitely something that we'll have to step into. Lads, we probably all agree that better training facilities would be very nice. But my question uh, to kick off this little bit, lads, is um, where, where do you build it? You know, Do you try and find somewhere in the city or do you just go and find an old farmer's farm and, and, and just, just build it from scratch, you know, like a couple of miles outside the city? Go You've on, got to have like. it in the city, haven't you? Yeah. You've got the to have training it in the facility. City. The training yeah. facility, no, though. We're but... just talking about the training facility. Yeah. Barrow have done that, haven't they? The way they go and train outside the city I now. Mean, yeah. You've, you've got to do it in the city, surely. You've got to have that affinity with the city you're playing for. But at the yeah. same time, there's not really many places to put it. Wills, you know Carlisle a bit better than me. But I, I don't think there's many places you could realistically put it without it being either directly on a floodplain or just like where we are at the minute anyways. Yeah, I mean, you'd probably be looking at somewhere on the edge of the city. Um, but, you know, I'd, I don't know, we're kind of getting to talk about kind of like planning and like where's likely to, you know, where are they likely to be able to build? And, I, you know, it's probably beyond the scope of the podcast on football. Um <laughs> 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 but you know, I think it's probably more likely they'll be on the edge of the city, though, because there's not really places in the city other than, as Liam says, on a you know, on like floodplain, and that's probably part of the issue with the current training ground. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, just on a personal level, because I work at Brunton Park and it's it's closer to my house, I'd rather it stay in the city as well. <laughs> I, I don't think we're gonna do a I don't think we're gonna do a Barrett and go to Rochdale. No, I mean that'd be no. yeah, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> that'd be that'd be ridiculous. Like um, Brampton or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It'd have to be a lot closer. It'd be in Cumbria, definitely. It'd be it'd be on the way to nowhere, but it'd be there. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so that's Paul Simpson's campaign, gentlemen. But uh, our campaign here, what we're going to kick off right now, is to save the match day program. It was reported in the news this week that this might potentially be the last ever season we see match day programs at Brunton Park. I'm talking about those little blue books, ladies and gentlemen, that have nice little interviews with the players in them. If you bump into one of the lads, you can get it signed. And I'm pretty sure at the moment, it only costs two quid. It might be three quid, three. but I'm pretty sure three, three, three quid. Pounds, yeah. 
It's three quid. It's not that expensive. It's a nice little souvenir. And if the sales don't increase anytime soon, these match day programs are going to disappear. Wills, you were a bit of a collector of these match day programs. I'm not sure if you've carried on uh, to do that, but uh, it, I mean, it would be it would be devastating to see the program go, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, kind of, you know, Andy, Andy Hall was saying that it's not really how people interact with the club anymore. Um, the social media is in more about it, and obviously you get engagement with social media, and it's quite a lot of work. Not quite a lot of work goes into creating a program. Uh, if you look at kind of um, the, you know, the new group of ultras on on the Warwick Road end. These are mostly teenagers, um, you know, so Leslie, you know, probably unlikely to buy programmes compared to, say, I mean, I don't know what Liam does, you know, if he... Hey, I've, got every, single pro- I've got yeah. every single program well, for the last three years. I, yeah. yeah, I remember with, with you, Liam, like standing outside. We were outside Bunton Park. I think we were meeting up for one of the first times and Callum Guy oh, came yeah. past us. And if you didn't have that match day program, you would have had nothing for him to sign. You know what I mean? No, well, the thing is as well, it's not even a matter of this is what I've got now. I'm going to read it before the match. Mm. Like, I mean, the best audio content, but look at that behind me. That's all yeah. just, that's, and there's one down there as well. It's like picture frames of all programs, all of them signed. And you get them from like years and years and years ago that you, you've still got. And they're just, they're memories, they're, they're things to keep with you. Like I yeah. collect, I collect them like a bit of a madman, to be honest. I've, been, I've got, I've got a box down there with every program for, I think the last three or four year home and some away as well. They're just nice to have and they're nice for people to collect. And I think I, it was also reported that, was it one or two years ago, it was the first time they've ever made a profit on the match day programmes. Yeah. Now, and then the season after that, they changed them and bumped their price up. So I just, I, I don't see why they're such a big part of football culture and they're such an old part of football culture. Like you can get them from like the 50s and the 60s on eBay and stuff like that. So yeah. I think it'd be a shame. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be as big a shame for us. It would be a really big shame for us in twenty years' time when we want to look back at these things. Yeah, and you've got the, um, you know, the chairman's and the managers' comments are always seen as an important part of the pre-match, you know, the pre-match ritual. Yeah. Also, so um, I'm sure those comments would still be, you know, available online or something, but. But the thing is, though, you can't get a signal inside of Brunton Park, like, and it's not no. even a thing. Of like, <laughs> it's not even a thing of like it's in a bad area for the signal. It's because there's so many people in one space that not everyone can get a phone signal. Like that, that just yeah. doesn't happen. So, and, and as well, if you want to know who players in the other team, it's in. It's just if you want to hear what another player's called from the other team, you say, "Oh, is that no- who's that number two? You look on the back of the program. You don't sit on the sidelines. Uh, scrolling through Twitter to try and find the lineup <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not sure if, um, you know, do you just buy yours at the ground, Liam? Yeah. I um, So, like, I decided to do the subscription thinking that I'd get them delivered to my house. I can kind of be reading them on the way there or something like that. Mm. But they don't come till a couple of days after the match, and that seems like a bit of an <laughs> opportunity missed. Because... Will, we're trying to save. We're trying to save the program. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to save it. We're not trying to, we're not trying to slag them off. Is that <laughs> is if you is if you have subscriptions to get them to the fans earlier? <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, it'd be a smarter idea, yeah, if they could definitely get it out on a Friday on a Friday night or something. Because you'd think well, it'd be like similar to just having a paper boy or a gazette. They could just have one person in, you know, on a bike do the whole yeah. round round Carla. Obviously, you couldn't do it like for the whole of Cumbria, maybe, but it would be a Carla mm-hmm. thing. You could probably do it for Carla. Well, it gets delivered to the club shop and or to the club, and I just assumed that it would get delivered to subscribers at the same time. But I presume that it gets delivered to the club shop who then post it out and then obviously by the time you've received it it's like Tuesday or something so yeah 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 like I got my barrow yeah I got my barrow program in the post just so like on Friday so 
oh, you can read that on the way to the Harrogate game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make yourself feel weird when you get there. <laughs> But uh, no, gentlemen, uh, the last bit of news that I've got for you is uh, a bit of a favourite here on the Blue Army podcast. Jimmy Tiore has made a move from non-league to Scottish Championship. He's gone to Cove Rangers. Good for him, I say. I think it's a quite smart move uh, for Jimmy Tiore. When you're in non-league, um, it, it's, you know, it, I think that's a bit of an upgrade, Scottish Championship. What would you say, Liam? Yeah, it's definitely an upgrade. I think the Scottish the championship is probably at a push League 2 level. I think he's definitely made an upgrade. You could argue some of the teams in there maybe push towards the end of League 1 at like the top end of it, but you know, he's made a smart move. I don't know how much he's going to enjoy it because I always thought he felt a bit too... you know, Because he liked going back to France, didn't he? He felt he was too far away from home. He's gone a lot <laughs> further now than what he was here, so... Yeah, he's just going to be you in the middle of Scotland. The, you now. should see the, see, the, see the picture of him on social media. He doesn't look too happy, and he's been advertised no. <laughs> as a French winger uh, by Cove Rangers. Will, do you think this is a smart move for Jimmy? Um, they're an interesting team. They're managed by um, you know Paul Hartley, who left them to join Hartlepool, didn't go well there, and has now gone back to Cove Rangers. So it's one of his first signings back there. Um, you know, whether some people at Hartlepool would be saying, oh, do you hear about this guy, Jimmy Toure? used to play for us. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's gone back and oh, I, should, I should go for him. Um, it's a decent standard of football for him because I know he's like, um, I don't know, where did he go briefly? Last season, Yeovil. Yeah, was it? So, um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a decent standard of football, and it's you know it's a fairly ambitious club, an interesting club that uh you know they've you know they've gone up through the divisions, so you know maybe you'll be part of something good there. Yeah, yeah, I mean we all we all mean all the best for Mister Jimmy Tiore. His time here wasn't the greatest, and he was a bit of a grouch, but for some reason we like him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, lads, <laughs> before we dive into the match report, that's going to be, um, you know, a bit of a slog, to be honest. Uh, it's not going to be too enjoyable. Uh, it's time for a new segment here on the Blue Army podcast. Let's play a game. And I've called this game not a blue, was a blue. OK, you guys are going to play as a team. And I have got four names written down in front of me who either used to play for Carlisle United or have never played for Carlisle United, and I've completely made the name up. Um, so, lads, it's time to play. Oh, the name's com- not even a player. Not even a player. Oh, so just made just it up. Completely fake people. It's time to play. Not a blue. Was a blue. And I've stolen this, by the way, from Mark <laughs> Howard's podcast, uh, where he does a show called Goalie, Not a Goalie. Um, and he just makes up names uh, if it's a goalkeeper or, or not a goalkeeper. And if you're still a fan of Mark Howard, you should probably go over to his podcast and, and give it a listen. It's, 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 it's good. It's good fun. He gets good guests on. Yeah. He gets uh, not just yeah. ex-players, but he's branched out into like YouTubers and, and different kind of guests. So go over there yeah. and give it a give Certainly it a go, making the most of the Wrexham publicity. Well, yeah, you know, you've got to make the you've got to make the, turn, uh, the wheels turn. You've got to make the wheels turn. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the media in the future. But yeah, I've stolen this from Mark Howard. Not a goalie is a goalie, uh, or whatever it's called over there. Uh, but we've got it over here now. It's our it's our thing, and it's called not a blue was a blue. Right, lads. Like I said before, you're playing as a team. The first name is Joe Dean. Have you ever heard of him, Wills? Because um, no, 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 I've not heard of him. It, that sounds like a very made-up name. Yeah, let's let's say we haven't heard from him. So, yeah, not a blue, not a blue. Right, gentlemen, we're saying not a blue. And I think very quickly you're going to understand the parameters of the game. What? Because Joe <laughs> Dean <laughs> is a blue or oh. was a blue when <laughs> played. 
for Carlisle United as a goalkeeper in 1965. Right, Sam. Now, yeah, see, nice. now there we <laughs> go. Now we're understanding where we are. Someone who, someone who played two games in 1920s up next or something. <laughs> now we see where we are. Now we see where we are. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. You know, it's going to be a difficult one, but I think that's what makes it fun. Gentlemen, the next one. Stephen Carlson. That's that sounds made up to me, Carlson. Oh, I think that sounds very made up. Yeah, Carlson's like a it's not like Norwegian yeah. Swedish kind of name in it, and I, I don't I'm, think we've yeah. got many of them players through the years. Knuckle Stephen. Oh yeah, Stephen Carlson. Yeah, no, there, yeah. I, I doubt there's a Stephen Carlson. <laughs> I just imagine Carl Carlson in The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking of Magnus Carlson. Yeah, not a blue. He's not. Not a blue. Not, not, not a blue. No. Yeah, no. Gentlemen, Stephen Carlson. Not a blue. Yes. Well done. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Well done. See how good this is. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> right, ready? Here we go. Number three. Bobby Owen. That's a very uh, English a blue, name. Oh, was a blue. Yeah, I'm gonna. Say, I think yes. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it. Again, like it's not heard 19, of him. 1920s sort of player. Yeah. yeah, not heard of him. So no, because I guarantee he's done this, and Michael Owen sat on the telly talking to some, <laughs> and and he's gone, oh, Owen, oh, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll go blue. We'll go blue, blue. blue yeah. Are we say it. We say it. True blue. blue. True blue. True blue. Oh, I like that. True blue. We might have to change the name. <laughs> right. Bobby Owen. Was a true blue. Yeah. Well done, nice, lads. Nice. He was a striker who played for Carlisle in the 1970-1971 season. The last one, lads. Here we go. Rob Brown. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of Rob Browns around. Yeah, you've got to... One of them's bound to play for Carlisle at some point. We, are we going to say true blue? That's where my money is, yeah. Okay, true blue, yeah. <laughs> Rob Brown was a blue. Oh, we smashed it. It's the most recent blue, 1997. Rob Brown. I don't even know if he made a single appearance, but yeah. He's just done the research. (laughs) Do you know how I'm doing it? Do you know how I'm doing it? I'm listening to this like Carlisle squad, 1990, whatever year. Uh, And then just like look at the squad and pick a name at random. And I'll either have a couple of answers in there or I'll mix them up. But anyways, you got three out of four. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah, it's a good game right there. We go. That was fun. That was not a blue, was a blue. Let's move on, gentlemen. In higher spirits now, uh, it's time for a bit of a downer, to be completely honest. Let's do the match report on Carlisle United's game against Harrogate Town. And as we always do here in the Blue Army podcast, I'll give you the starting lineup for the game, which featured Thomas Hoyley in goal with Ben Buckley at right back, Morgan Feeney, Paul Huntington, John Mellish and Jack Armour across the back line. Owen Moxon, Callum Guy, Jordan Gibson in the midfield with John Kaimani, Jordan Gordon. Damn it, I nearly had them all. (laughs) (laughs) And Christian Dennis playing up front. I nearly had them all. I nearly had it all. Um, Right, Uh, gentlemen, looking at the starting lineup. Essentially, um, there was a lot of confused faces where I was in the band zone when the lineup came out, and Joel Senior wasn't even on the bench. And it was cleared up later in the press conference that he's fine. There's nothing wrong with Joel Senior. And um, yeah, Paul Simpson just feels that Ben deserved the opportunity and did nothing wrong against Barrow and deserves a bit of a run in the team. Not only that, well, that's a, that's a life for a start, isn't it? He scored no goal. <laughs> He's gone on goal. What more can you do wrong? <laughs> and that'd be he, he was um was he man of the, well he's man of the match actually against Harrogate, but I thought he played well against Barra, obviously the own goal, but I mean that was something where you know it was a good ball in and there was a diff, you know, there was an attacker on him, so yeah, he, he had didn't to get put something it in the, on it. Yeah. Behind him, yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a really funny comment though, he's done nothing wrong. 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, I mean, there it was. It was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. And also, Joe Garner coming out of his team after having a man of the match performance and a goal in the last game against Barrow. Wills, are yeah. these two changes that you might have made in hindsight? Obviously, it's a much nicer thing in hindsight. Now we can sort of look back on a loss and maybe decide what we might have been able to do better. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess... He's, you know, he's kept Barkley in because he played well. Um, I thought Senior had been playing well beforehand. It's a difficult situation for him. I can't really criticise him for Barkley. Um, swapping the strikers round, probably something that I'd have done as well. Um, we've got Gordon and Dennis, and we've got Patrick and Garner um, against Barrow. We started with Gordon and Dennis, and they both scored, I know, no, we started with Patrick and Garner. They both scored, brought Gordon and Dennis on, and Gordon won a penalty that Dennis scored. So, um, you know, Dennis is our main man, our top scorer, the top scorer in the league. You want him to be starting the majority of games. Um, yeah, we so... see Garner and Dennis play up front together. It's League Two. Um, it's not fucking Premier League. Defenders aren't that quick. <laughs> I mean, possibly, yeah. But I think the thing with that is that they're both players that you probably don't get a 90 minutes out of. I mean, Dennis, you know, I don't think there's any issue over his fitness so much, but, you know, um, Simpson does prefer to maybe take him off after like 60, 70 minutes or something. I can't imagine Garner playing a full 90 at this point because he's only just really come back and started playing regularly at 35. So if you start them both together, then you end up taking them both off around about the same time or... So, I don't know, it kind of like makes more sense in terms of kind of like always having that one experienced player there to either have one or the other, uh, take one off for the other at some point during the match. Yeah. Liam, uh, did you feel that there's any surprises in that starting lineup for you? Yeah, just Joel Senior not coming back, I think. Um, it's, it's, it's a really weird one in being dropped from the, not just from the starting 11, but the squad altogether two weeks in a row. And apparently he's fine, so we'll just have to see what happens with that one. If, if there's something that's happened, disagreement or something like that, I don't know, but it's it's a weird one. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, you look at the bench, though, and it's not like, you know, it's not like we're trying to make up numbers on the bench. No, Every... we've got a, we've got a very full squad. Yeah. But you, you think he's been playing, and he was playing really well as well. Yeah. To, start, to the starting 11 to not in the squad at all in two weeks in a row. I, Paul Simpson said the first week that he was resting him and then he hasn't come back at all. You know, you, you would probably take that Robinson lad off the bench or whatever he's called, the young fullback we've got. Mm-hmm. But it's a, weir- it's a weird one. Uh, but I think with the striker, I think you can't really st- st- start Dennis and Garner together because you said defenders aren't that fast. I think we're probably fast enough to mark uh, the pair of them. Because they're both very good strikers, <laughs> but they're not fast. They've got no pace between them whatsoever. Not... Yeah, but like just because every once in a while, Carmani meets uh, beats a defender, it doesn't mean like we we're playing them overlaps and underlaps into those positions where we need pace. Like a lot of the goals are coming from decent build-up play. Yeah, but you you need pace to sort of stretch the game out a bit, don't you? Like you, I think you do a, a lot a of them things. Level. A lot of them good build-up players you're talking about, a lot of it's created by we need to get back quickly because Amari Patrick's through or something like that. Like you know, them runs them that bit of pace, it's just something to be scared of, if nothing else. Like so you've got to play a certain way to try and stop that pace. Whereas if you've got that front two of Ghana and Dennis, which we might see at some point in the season. Well, but you're in a strike partnership. One of them's got to be able to at least go above jogging pace. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. But, like, for example, let's say every single game what happens is uh, we set up with two strikers and five defenders and 25 minutes in, John Mellish or Morgan Feeney ends up playing a very advanced role. And I feel like we're staring down the barrel of a 4-3-3 somewhere in the very near future. And then you can inject the pace and you can also play Garner and Dennis and a Patrick. What do you think about that one? I mean, if no. you were going to play them together, you would have to do it with someone like Patrick or Gordon in there too to provide, you know, you, you know, you'd have to, well, what if you ta- you'd have to provide Gibson... good support. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, what? Yeah, exactly. So you play, like, let's say, let's play devil's advocate. Like, so you play a back four, and your back two would be Feeney and Huntington. But, but I'm not getting rid of Mellish. I'm putting him in the midfield, and I'm maybe demoting Gibson. So now you've got Mellish being that nuisance kind of midfielder instead of Gibson. You've got Guy Moxon, and then up front, you've got like a Patrick or a Gordon, and then you've got Dennis and Garner all in the same team. Gibson's the top chance creator in the division, and he's act, he's been he's, he's actually been playing quite well. So I'd want to keep Gibson in, especially if we're going with. Well, I'm not taking Callum Guy out. He's got double figures. This <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> so how about we don't do the Dennis Gordon thing? Not sorry, okay. the Dennis. Sorry, we don't do the Dennis Garner thing unless. Unless a situation particularly to. calls for, yeah, <laughs> okay, fine. Kitchen sink. Like as well. <laughs> and as well, if you go into a four-three-three, you've got to push one of them out wide, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Who do you push out wide? Because you need uh, you need a certain amount of pace to play out. Well, wide. you play you play with like you play with a staggered midfield line. So, like, say on the left hand side of the midfield, you'd have your like the more Wigan type of midfield, and on the right hand side of the attack, you'd have the more winger side of the attack. So, when you go forwards, you know, what I mean, it'd be it's a fluid formation. <laughs> Maybe I, I just I don't I don't. Who am I? Will still. <laughs> 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 Uh, are, you, are you looking to live the dream? And uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. One day, one day. But Wills, you were right in front of one of the opening moments in the game, uh, where there was a cross that went into the box and a potential handball shout. It was around a Morgan Feeney situation. Will, from your yeah. angle, you being closest to it, was it a handball? Do we deserve the penalty? Looked it to me. You went right under him and hit something. Yeah. Yeah. Liam, so. can, can a defender can a defender really stop himself from handballing a ball on his way to the ground? Usually, but I felt a bit sorry for that man to be honest because it, it, I think it bounced off his face onto the floor, onto his face, onto the floor, <laughs> and then sort of hit his hand on the way back up. It was anything but intentional. Uh, I think look, you'd you'd be mental to give that. I think, despite what some Carlisle fans are saying, I don't think you can give that as a penalty. Well, mental is a very good word for the next thing I want to talk about. It's the goal, gentlemen. The goal. Obviously, Carlisle did lose 1-0 against Harrogate, and it was an absolute howler of a mistake. I feel like both men have at least, I don't know, maybe a 70-30 blame in the goal, I'll describe it for the listeners. The ball went over the top after a clearance from the defenders. Paul Huntington, quite a bit of space uh, between him and the attacker that was chasing down the long ball and um, slotted it past Hoyley. Wills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um from your angle, and I'll let, I'll let you guys dive in first uh, before I, I, I want to talk about whether yeah. or not Hurley should have been that far off his line when a defender is obviously approaching the ball. Uh, but Wills, yeah, what was what was what was there a lack of, Could you hear any communication? Was there any shout? Was there anything? Do you know what I mean? Could you could you hear <laughs> Hurley say leave it? Could you hear Hunt no. say? No, what was going there was on? No shout. In that situation? No? There was no shout. I thought Hunt, I thought Huntington was gonna head it back to Hurley. Um, I mean, I'm, I think Holy probably thought the same. Um, you know, he, I, 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 I'm not going to criticise Holy's positioning because he was in the right position for the ball to be headed back to him. You know, come out so that so the hunting didn't just have to like nod it down to him. Um, it did go. It was a bit high over Huntington for him to head it, so he kind of like sticks a foot out to. To pass it back to Holy, and just completely misjudges it. Um, kick, basically, he kicked it far harder than he meant to. Should he really have been trying? You know, once he realised he wasn't going to just head it, given Holy's positioning, should he have been a bit smarter and just put it out? Yeah, well, I mean, I've spoken. Obviously, about in retrospect, he should have more done. of a Rolls Royce defender before and having more purpose when he approaches the ball. That mistake against Northampton, like he does sometimes, just need to clear it and just just clear his lines. Liam, in your opinion, was it more Huntington? Was it more Hoyley? I think it's a lot more Huntington. Um, I think I completely agree with Wills. Thomas Hoyley came as if he was going to get back to him. 
it's it's a it's a weird ball. It bounces. I think he lets it go. I think he probably should have headed it back. But it's obviously a lot easier to say that in retrospect after we've seen what he does. I've seen a lot of people say as well, an, an experienced defender like that, like even if Thomas Hawley was standing on his goal line, that's an awful back pass regardless because it's not like straight across the floor. It's a bouncing one, bobbly one, and he puts a lot of power in it. It's a bad back pass either way, and Thomas Hawley just isn't there anywhere near it. He's facing the goal. He, he should know where the keeper is. It's just a, it's a lack of concentration. It's a little bit of a lack of communication. I think if you're going to blame Hawley at all, it's on not on where he is, but on where I don't know how he's speaking. Does he shout for it? Does he does he does he tell Huntington what's happening? Does he tell him he's got loads of space because there's no one anywhere near him uh, from the Harrogate's perspective? It's the third in a row. You you could argue like not from him but from the team. Obviously, you go back to Hartlepool. Moxon plays that amazing ball in for their striker. Uh, you could argue. I know we've already talked about it. The Barkley own goal against Barra, and now this. It it seems to be three sort of bad errors in a row. It's just disappointing to see. But I think you, as much as I have criticised Thomas Holly this season, it's that that isn't his fault. That's got to go on Paul Huntington. Yeah, I mean, you both made a really good case for Paul Huntington um, and obviously I'm willing to concede, but you mentioned there the fact that Thomas Hoyley, even if he was on his line, it was a bad back pass. You would have cleared it though. You know what I mean? Like if no, you were would've. on your line, you would you yeah. would you would have cleared it. Um and that that's kind of a little bit of the part. And I don't think um if Thomas Hoyley wasn't coming off his line, I feel like the back pass might have potentially have been better, or maybe Hunts would have cleared it into touch. But either way, if the goalkeeper does stay at least in his six yard box at the very fucking least, that ball doesn't go um in the back of the net. And yeah, Hunts makes an absolute power. I mean, do you want Holy on his line in that situation? Because say, well, yeah, no, no, when you've got when you've got six, you've got six yards. The ball's already bounced, and when you've got about six yards, four yards between the defender and and the attacker, you know he's not going to lose that ball. He's at least going to make first contact with it. So if he's going to make first contact with it, you don't need you don't need to be coming out and rushing it. You need to be going wide and creating the angle for the pass. Like if if you're going to play out a... from the back or you're going to be a sweepy goalkeeper, yeah. then. You know, you've got to put the pass on for him and coming towards him isn't putting the pass on for him. Do you know what I mean? You, ex- you can I see. Mean, I don't think he was expecting a pass, though. No, that's the thing. Um, yeah. Expecting a header or perhaps thinking if Huntington fails to get this, I've got to be out ready to smother it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, yeah. Let's say let's say Holy stays on his line, Huntington, uh, you know, because he, he did have a player sort of like chasing him down. He had plenty of time, but there was still that possibility that if he, you know, fudged it up and and you know fudged it up, and then the striker got hold of it and was coming down on goal, then you know we'd probably be saying to Holy, "Why you're still on your line?" Because now the striker can just run into the penalty area and pick his spot. I feel like you, you'll see that happen, though. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll see the the, the ball. And it's something if, we've contact, him for. and it'll go forward. Like the ball would go. The momentum of the ball would take the player forward. It'd take like an extra couple of seconds for the defender to get round uh, the attacker. And like to be fair, the, the positioning of where he was that takes three seconds to go from there to where he was. Like if he's on his line to where he was, that takes him about three seconds anyway. So you could have made up that ground if that's the situation that happened, but. You've got to read the situation a little bit more. For me, I'm just saying you've got to re- be able to read the game a little bit more. Pull wide for the pass, like just a little, and and then there would have, there wouldn't have been a problem if you pulled wide for the pass. There wouldn't have been a problem. That's all I'm saying, and that's that's what you do if you're a goalkeeper in the modern game because you need to create the pass. You're a part of it. You're not just necessarily always clearing yeah. your lines. <laughs> if you get a nice ball into him, he can play it out to Barkley. Do you know what I mean? Or, or whatever it is. But it's you know he's not. That's not. It's not the best reaction if you know the player's going to make first contact with it, is what I'm saying. You either stay where you are or you go wide for the pass. And either one of those situations lends itself to saving the back pass and the ball not going in the back of the net. Um, But yeah, we can go around the houses all day, gentlemen. It's quite fun too, in fact. Uh, But it's not a lot of fun to talk about Carlisle United losing. So we'll, uh, we'll move on to doing the Man of the Match Awards, which is even more difficult on a day where Carlisle didn't necessarily play very well. There wasn't a lot of uh, cohesion on the pitch. God, thank Christ I've remembered that word. And um, I mean, it was it was quite difficult to really pick somebody out. Liam, who have you gone for, though? 
Right. Difficult <laughs> one. Um, I got talent guy. Didn't do anything wrong. I got the... <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit. No, give it to Melish. John Melish. <laughs> go to answer. Give it to him. He went to midfield. Right. Did all right at one point. Go, go in. Yeah, he did carry the momentum. To be fair, we looked quite good. Um, and I, I'd kind of agree with you if it wasn't for the fact that I thought Morgan Feeney looked quite effective going forward, and uh, he did a pretty solid job at the back. So I'm personally going to go for Morgan Feeney for my man of the match. Wills, who are you going to go for? Um, yeah, again, it's difficult. I don't think we played particularly badly, but we were struggling to break them down. And if the match had ended nil-nil, then we'd have probably said Harrogate deserve that. Um, but I'm going to give my man of the match to Jordan Gibson. I think he kept trying to create things. It was quite positive going forward. I think he had a decent game. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Who was that? Who, was, who have you gone for, sorry? Jordan Gibson. I thought you said Gibson, yeah, but for some reason I have it down yeah. Mellish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, sorry, but I've written down Gibson now. I've written down Gibson now. Carl United's next opponents on the weekend is Wimbledon away. Wimbledon lost 1-0 against Leighton Orient, who are top of the league, obviously. And Wimbledon lie 12th in the tables. Will, your prediction for Carlisle's game against Wimbledon? Um, I'm going to say 1-0 to Carlisle. Fair, 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 fair. Back to winning ways. Yeah. Um, I think the Wombles are going to get battered. Because um, <laughs> I, I, I think they'll be mad at that result. Um, 4 1. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's a big shout. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle. I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0 to Carlisle. That's nice yeah, and in the middle. Yeah. That'll do. Um, yeah, any, any, any win will do. Any win will do. <laughs> any <laughs> win will definitely of, do. On the topic of predictions, we did meet in the fan zone before the match and Liam put to us the question of who do you think the first scorer is going to be? Um, yeah. I went for uh, Kamani Gordon. I think um, Liam went... I don't know what... I don't know who you went for, but I went Luke Armstrong, the yeah. the Harrogate oh, player. <laughs> um, Scally went for Paul Huntington. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks. It's nice. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to be. It's nice to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to be right every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, gentlemen, it's time for the last segment of the show. It's a new segment of the show, and it's a it's a potential chance for you to be right in a new segment. We're calling guess that player. I hope you can hear uh, what I'm playing for you right now. Um, because we're gonna go for I'm it. Poor Carlisle paid pretty shit on the weekend. That's right. Here we go. <laughs> So I came back with a brand new game for the podcast. It's called Guessing the Player. <laughs> Come on, boys! Guessing the Player. Guessing the Player. Guessing the Player. I thought I'll make three shitty on the weekend. So I came up with a brand new game for the podcast. It's called Guessing the Player. You ready, boys? Yeah. You ready for it? It's just having a team again. Guessing the player. That's right, boys. It's time for the same team. I mean, I wasn't sure what to do, to be completely honest. So. Decide that. Basic stuff. Yeah. I do need to be better in it, but I'm pretty sure I was going to. Well, there's only three of them. So, yeah, play together. Play together. Play together. Right. There's three clues. Yeah. The first clue for guessing the player, gentlemen. This player used to play for Leeds United as well as Carlisle United. Um, so First guess. Will. Ryan Edmondson. Oh, Liam's saying Ryan Edmondson. It's not Ryan Edmondson. Will, who are you saying? Lubo Michalik. Oh my God! He's done it! <laughs> <laughs> He's done it on question one. The next question was going to be... He was a defender. <laughs> the 
next one was going to be he was a full international. You're right. I thought you might have gone for Ian Hart, but no. I was like you thinking Hart's in there for Lugo. <laughs> Is it, he scored that absolutely there. brilliant free kick, didn't he? Um, he did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, had us all singing. We all love Leeds scum because I think that was when he was still on loan from Leeds yeah. before we signed him permanently. <laughs> Yes. Unbelievable, man. <laughs> We've absolutely smashed it, man. And that was, I mean, that, that was the new segment. I hope you all enjoyed it. That's right. Come on. So Are you going to need a different jingle for when you play as well? That's right. I will make a new jingle. Get in the player. Awesome, Will. Well done, mate. You won guessing the player. Well, you both won guessing the player this week. Yeah, well done. Come on, well I do done, not deserve man. that victory. That is that. <laughs> that's it. You want to make that a guess. Real. That's it. In the future, you have to play against each other. Yeah, yeah. You have to be like, you make a guess, but you have to like flip a coin or something to see who goes first. In fact, no, Just Will, you'll go first next yeah. week because you're the champion. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, Liam, you went first this week. So next week, Will, you'll go first for guessing the player. I hope really, buddy, everybody enjoys the theme song as much as I'm enjoying the theme song for that. Um, absolute amazing scenes here. The two new segments, I, I mean, I've really enjoyed both of them, lads. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to do them with you. And uh, to be honest, there isn't really anything else left for us to do, apart from saying bye for now. Bye for now. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.